my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host, our very good friend, is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, we are doing a movie which I've never seen. It's in my favourite place in the whole wide world, Dave. We'll go back to 1996, and this is a movie in Las Vegas, as I've just said, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Philip C. Riley, and it is Hard Eight. Now, Chris, have you got any nostalgic memories of this at all? Well, you know what, Dave? I I genuinely, and uh, just to correct myself, Dave, it's John C. Riley, so I've started that off very well today as a podcast because I'm sure... People always dial in for our um, insight and getting everything correct. And I'm going to put a pin in that because we've got another review. We'll come back to that later. <laughs> no, no. I can just, you know, I can just hear our good friend Glyn Davis on Twitter fucking tweeting me going, Chris, it's John C. I can see it now, Glyn. You can, you can come at me. You can come and have me. I got that wrong. What a dick. Anyway, Dave. Yeah, this one's called Hard Eight. So, so I don't think I remember it. And around 96, my love for Vegas wasn't there. However, the end, I've seen the end, and I don't know how, and I can't explain how, but the whole last 15 minutes or so, as the as the movie sort of unravels, I was like, I've seen this, but the rest of it, I have no recollection of, Dave. So uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I don't really remember this at all, and I don't, I kind of recognise the title, but I don't recognise the video cover. Which is weird, because 96 was when I started at Blockbusters. So it, it, it must have come into the video shop, like late 96, 97 times. So, so I'd have been working there. So I must have seen it, but it, it's not a very exciting kind of video cover as well. And, you know, it, it's got a little bit of a Goodfellas look, but I don't know, for whatever reason... When we've done other things, like Sirens, just randomly, Chris, <laughs> the, video, the video cover, I do remember. <laughs> but with this one, I, I just don't. So, yeah, and I keep getting it confused with the Tarantino one, the Hateful Eight. You know, just just in my mind. Yep. But obviously, completely different films. But, yeah, I don't even think I've seen the, the trailer for this one at all. And like yourself, I mean, I... My love of Vegas probably started around uh, 2001, I think it was, 2000, 2001, I think was the first time I went, and then it was like, holy shit, this is not just about gambling, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But up until that point, nothing would have really caught my eye that was kind of in Vegas. I wouldn't have even seen it, I'd have just seen it as a casino and just been like, ah, it's in a casino. So yeah, um... But the other reason that I find it weird, I mean, I did really like Samuel L. Jackson in um, in Pulp Fiction as Jules. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd seek him out as an actor. But, you know, there, obviously there was an internet, but, you know, you just used it back then for looking at pictures of Jennifer Aniston. But- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Homer Anderson, Dave. Yeah. 
or Pamela Anderson. Yeah. And so, so there, I don't think there was even an IMDb or anything. So it was just one of those. If, if I'd see a film with Samuel L. Jackson in, I'd try and watch it. But that, that's why I, it's just weird that this one has been in a complete blind spot for me. And so, I again amazing I, I know i keep going on about it but it's so brilliant when our patreons get to do our picks for us and we would never have got to this movie i don't think we we could have been going for 20 years on this podcast and not got to this movie and so i i think uh, i i'm really really glad that this one's been picked for us yeah, and it was Justin as well, Dave. I don't think I mentioned that. So big thanks to Justin for picking this one. So, yeah, I'm the same. I, th- I think that maybe it didn't even get a proper release in the UK because it made 222000 at the box office off a 3 million budget, Dave. So that's never... <laughs> uh, but it did get a lot of accolades at like, some of the, the film festivals and that. So, yeah. Anyway, Dave, let's get into this one because I'm interested in where you're going to go with this. Let's go. If I were to give you $50, what would you do with it? I'd eat. How long can you eat? How long can you live on $50? I don't know. I would bet not very long. It's always good to meet a new friend. Oh, you took care of him? John is a very old friend. I think he's pretty adorable, the way he follows you around and looks up to you. Hello. Hi. I don't do anything that I don't want to do. You understand? Says you remember, Jimmy. Yeah! His friend lives up there. I saw you playing crap over the original Doom. Bet the hard eight for a thousand, then you pressed it for two. Stupid bet. He thinks you don't like him. I don't. I know some things about Atlantic City. You walk around like you're Mr. Cool, Mr. Wisdom, but you're not. You're just some old hood. Please do not put a bullet in me. I love you, Sid. And please don't tell John what I've done. So you think what? That you can just walk through this life without being punished for it? That is my hope. I don't want to die. Philip Baker Hall, John C. Riley, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Samuel L. Jackson. Hard Eight. Sidney Brown, a well-dressed senior gambler, Bearsh. <laughs> finds finds John Finnegan, a homeless man, forlornly sitting outside a diner in Sparks, Nevada. He offers him a cigarette and buys him a cup of coffee. John tells Sidney that he's lost his money in Las Vegas and needs $6,000 for his mother's funeral. Sidney offers to drive John to Vegas where he helps John to win the money. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Well, Dave... There was me coming in red hot on this, thinking that this guy, Sidney, is the dad out of Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and we've had a discussion <laughs> off the podcast. And I am incorrect, aren't I, David? So my whole little spiel at the start has been fucking blown out of the water straight away. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was a good it was a good theory. You know, in a parallel universe, this is the dad out of Dirty Dancing. His surgery has gone bust. Baby has run off, you know, doing whatever, the Peace Corps. And he's taken to a life of gambling and a single man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Back to the movie before he gets shot down again. Oh, fucking hell. So... Yeah, it starts out really interesting. I've got to say, it's a bit of a fucking stretch that this guy is just outside a fucking diner and then Sydney goes, come on, I'll get you a coffee. I'll, be co- I'll get you your money back. It's the, the biggest fucking reach I've seen in a long time, Dave. And uh, so the start of it, I'm not convinced by, but the setting of it and the whole small cast, the way it is. I've watched the odd film like this over the years. You know, these very uh, claustrophobic type, type movie. So... I can't, well, I'll be honest with you, I can't work out whether I really enjoyed it or I didn't. And I'm interested in what you think, Dave, because sometimes we've done this where we go into re- a review and we, we talk about it and I'm thinking in my head, right, well, I've got it here. But then when we talk about it, I'm like, actually, I quite enjoyed it. So hmm. what did you think of this? Because I think that's a fucking reach and a half at the start. I mean, pretty much any movie is. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I think Reservoir Dogs, one of my favourites. Like, they're just there in the cafe having this discussion and whatever right at the start. And, uh, like, everyone can see them. Now, if everyone is dressed in those black suits, they're standing out like a fucking sore thumb, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like some funeral convention. But, um, so, yeah, at the start, I... I didn't even cross my mind that it was a bit of a stretch. I was just thinking, what the hell is going on here? I have no idea. But I was bought in right from the start. Chris, I really enjoyed this. I think the it starts in a very slow way, and it does almost it. It kind of feels a little Tarantino to me. Just the way that it's like you say, it's very close. It's focused on the the actors, you know, and and the the characters and the dialogue, and I I just thought it was hypnotic. I thought, um, you know, not baby's dad, Philip Baker Hall, <laughs> played a great role. But I was sort of thinking, you know, what is his game here? Because <laughs> there's no, there's nothing obvious. Why why is he suddenly taking a, an interest in John? And I think if if there's one thing that I, I'm not sure I massively enjoyed is how much I enjoyed John C. Riley as this character, John. I think I could have done with someone different, you know. So when Gwyneth Paltrow, Clementine, gets into it later, and, you know, they have a bit of a thing. I'm like, come on, mate. You know, I can believe... Uh, I can believe in Thanos. <laughs> I can believe in the DeLorean. I can believe in the flux capacitor. All of that. But there's no way John's getting with Clementine there. <laughs> no matter no. how hard up she is. <laughs> no. And we're talking about fucking reaches. This is one of the biggest fucking reaches ever, them two getting together, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I, but I like the dialogue. Like I say, it's, it's very close. It almost reminds me of, you know, Jules and, uh, oh, it's John, John Travolta's character's name, but, uh, you know, just discussing about how, uh, how they call uh, hamburgers with cheese, uh, uh, cheese royale or whatever. Yeah, Vincent Vega. Vincent Vega, yeah. that's How could I forget that? So Vega, he's... he's um, Mr. Blonde's brother, isn't he, in this yeah. extended universe? But um, 
but yeah, just you know, having a chat, and it's clear he's he's down on his luck and what have you. And you know, John's very suspicious. You know, initially he wants to sit in the back because he thinks he might get raped, but he's like, oh, I'm still going to take a chance and go <laughs> go for it. But um, and then when it gets into Vegas and they they start the scam, I'm thinking. I, I and I wasn't you know I was a bit low on energy so I I, I couldn't really follow the scam of what they were doing. <laughs> I was yes. like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna have to go back and watch this again and see if it works. I mean, now it's in movie form. I, I'm sure everyone's uh, clued up on it, but it it seemed plausible to me what they were doing. I was the other way. I was like. I don't know what's going on here. He just seems to be going to a cashier's. And obviously, we've both been Vegas. But it's a different Vegas now. 96 was all coins, cash. Now it's you put your money in and you get, you know, token. You get like a little card, the little slip mm. with your money on, which you take to like the cash machines, which is purposely done so that you walk across the casino and go, as Chris would, Dave, as I was there in September, and go, what's that shiny machine with my $300 yeah. winnings? Oh, a good 20 spot wouldn't fucking go amiss there. You never know. And that's what they do. Whereas years ago it was, you had the buckets. So I was the same. I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. How, is, yeah. is this a pyramid thing? Is this, I, I, I couldn't get it. And what, the only thing that I found as a stretch, and, and this is just me being a Vegas fucking aficionado and loving it all, is that Sydney was going around coaching John. And none of the security, none of the, no yeah. one really picked up That's, on it. That, yeah. that was a stretch for me. We've done we've done Ocean's Eleven, which is like four or five years after this. And I look, I look, I think most of this was filmed in downtown Vegas. You know, so you're on Fremont Street. But that was the one thing I was like, this Sydney's like a is he a ghost? I kept thinking, is this real? You know, because he was there was no challenge. Yeah. I I thought the same. I'm like, if this is an experienced hustler, you know, this is an experienced scammer. He is on the radar of every fucking major casino. Chris, you say about Vegas. I mean, if there is a place on the planet that is expert at extracting money from you, it's Vegas. (laughs) They've got all the fucking tricks. There's no clocks in the casinos. There's no windows. It's all equally lit in the day and the nighttime. They pump oxygen in there to keep you awake. You know, they've got the waitresses bringing you free, quote-unquote, free drinks, you know, but it just, you know, to source you up a bit so you start uh, being a bit more adventurous with your gambling. They're, they're fucking brilliant. And if you've got some old geezer going around running this scam for the last fucking 30 years, <laughs> everyone would know who he is. And so that was the weird thing. And I thought the same thing. I thought... Is this a bit of a sixth sense thing, right? It's yeah, yeah. Be, oh, I was just a great gambler all the time, but it was really in me, you know. <laughs> and this guy was just like my guardian angel or something. So yeah, I, I think that I was prepared to suspend disbelief at the fact that you know no one recognised him. I mean, he, he's dressed fairly distinctively as well. <laughs> isn't he? So he stands out like a fucking sore thumb. He's yeah. not blending in anywhere. So uh, yeah, yeah. I've got you've, you've, yeah. <laughs> Dave, I've got a story for you. You're not going to believe what's happened this week. And this is regarding <laughs> Vegas, and it's quite apt because of this film. This is God's honest truth, right? So on about Tuesday, I see on Facebook, one of the Las Vegas fan groups, I mean, the UK ones and, and all that, this guy comes on and joins the group, and he says, 
And it's like this ad. And he says, we're a production company. We're after people who go to Las Vegas. We're doing a documentary for Paramount Plus, right? So he says, do you and your family go to Vegas? Do you enjoy Vegas? Blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, well, I've not booked Vegas this year. It was expensive last September. I might be able to blag a free trip for me, Sam and Jordan. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. So I didn't, I'm supposed to you about this. So anyway, I fucking gets the email. Guys, mobile's on there. Check some online first. Are they a real production company? Yes, they are a real production. Check the reviews. Check what they do. They do loads of documentaries and that. So I thought, right, fucking, I'm going to email. So he emails him. The guy says, I have, yeah, I'm interested. I go Vegas, sent him links to my YouTube channel. said, you know, uh, we visit my sister. Give a fucking bit of a story there. I'm trying to build a little pitch. I'm thinking, if I'm going to blag a free trip to Vegas, I'm fucking going to have to go all in here. So I did it. You know what I'm like? I went fucking crazy. Sent this big email. <laughs> the next day on Wednesday, the guy fucking rings me. And I was on a work call. And I'm like, who the fuck's this? And I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. It's called Firecracker TV Studios. I'm like, Ooh. So I'm like, I ring you back, no answer. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. And then he rings me and he goes, hi, yeah. He goes, I'm going out to Vegas this weekend. He says, uh, he said, you said um, you love Vegas. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, I, I do stuff. I said, if you want to film anything at home, no, it's not that. Now, bear in mind, the advert was setting us up for like over-the-shoulder documentary. You know, Louis, for, go on, go on. If this is a fucking day out to Blackpool... I, no, it's not, it's not. So you're going to love this. So I, I'm thinking it's a documentary. We're following different people, what they love about Vegas. Because this is how the ad was framed, honestly. So I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell, he's interested now. We've got a fucking pull in. I've, 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 I've fucking reeled him in. So I'm dying to message you going, Dave... We could be going Vegas. I mean, I say Sam and Jordan, but, but anyway, the guy goes, so what it is, he goes, we're filming like a show, we're like selling Sunset for Paramount. Plus I'm thinking, well, selling Sunset on Netflix, which I love, is one of the fakest fucking TV shows ever. Yeah. It's supposed to be real and it's not. All these absolutely stunning men and women who are real estate agents, allegedly, and it's all the drama that comes with it. So anyway, so I'm thinking, so straight away I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I'm deflated now. I'm like, this isn't going how I think it's something. Well, he's not going to follow me around fucking Vegas now. So anyway, but Chandler goes, what it is, if you're out in Vegas in the next six weeks, we're doing a this that sort of reality TV show of a strip club just off the... And I know the name, I can't remember the name now. And I'm going, right. And I'm thinking, well, there's no fucking way Sam and Jordan... Because what we need is we need to populate the fucking strip club. So I thought you straight away, I thought, oh, me and Dave... You know, right, fucking cheers so, for that. So also, can... I take the piss there, not saying no, you know, depending <laughs> on where this story goes. <laughs> well, the guy says to me, what we're going to do is, he goes, um, you know, if you're in Vegas, obviously on your holiday, so I'm like, oh, so there's no expense. He went, no, we just want, I said, so really, you want background fucking artists, don't you? I said, I've done all that before. He went, yeah, but it's not like in the UK, we can't pay you. And I'm like fuck me, I have been done over. So I said, well, what? I actually said to me in the end, I went, well, what is it? He went, we just want you to be in the strip club while they're all stripping and we're going to ply you with tequila and fucking vodka um, and we just want you to have a good time. And I went, I'm going with, I'm going with my fucking wife and daughter. He went, he, the guy went, bring them as well. I went, oh yeah, fucking right. Yeah, I'll bring me 22-year-old <laughs> daughter. Fuck fuck exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? So I just went, Right, I went, right, well, I might, I know then I start bullshitting him, going, right, I might, goes, don't forget, free tequila, free, and, and honestly, you'll be on TV, and you'll see your face, and I'm going, this is the worst fucking free sales pitch I've ever seen. In the end, I, I felt like I was in a pyramid scheme, or sort of timeshare, I just went, 
Right, all right, I'll see you soon, mate. No problem. I was like, oh, so deflated, Dave. I was, I was going to ring you as well, and I was just like, fucking sold me a dream. I'm going to bed there thinking of all this free stuff I'm going to get. I'm going to be traveling first class. My head just gone, Dave, completely, and it was just basically a background fucking artist getting fuck all money and looking at strippers. I mean, I say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I, I mean, let me recount what what I've just heard because you're thinking one thing, I, I'm thinking something maybe slightly a bit different. So basically, this guy is targeting on Facebook non-US nationals, right? He's targeting non-US nationals to go into a place where there's no books, there's no uh, record of being paid at all. You're going to go into a strip club and he's going to ply you with tequila. <laughs> I think this may be more sinister than you think it is because that sounds dodgy as fuck I I mean if you are going to get right I went to watch uh, that first time actually when I went to Vegas got invited to go and uh, be part of the studio audience for Becca oh yeah yeah. you know with Ted Danson yeah and um you know, it's it's good fun, but I mean, it does take up an afternoon um, of, of your holiday kind of thing. So, you know, it's fine, though. If you're there, you've got loads of people that are always walking about saying, do you want to be part of this? Do you want to be part yeah. of that? This guy's targeting people in the UK who like Vegas who just might happen to be there. Something smells really <laughs> fucking off about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep an eye on it. It's fucking Paramount Plus fucking um, like reality show. And I'm like, right. He said, basically, it's not the seedy side of Vegas. We're not going to show that because we can only film Monday to Friday. So we can only film <laughs> not the seedy side. Yeah, no, it's fucking strip club. <laughs> he said, we're going to show, we're showing the glamorous side and how much money they make, but we're not allowed to film on a Saturday and Sunday because that's when they make all the money. And I'm just like, this is sounding fucking worse by the minute. He said, that infuses enthusiastic scottish guy day wasn't even american he was like i'm going out this week so i'm giving him tips on vegas and then i told sam and she went as you've just said she went you fucking idiot <laughs> you fucking <laughs> absolutely blagging you there i went i know it was this it was vegas everything just goes out the window my judgment yeah. was fucking wednesday so yeah luckily it wasn't a fucking Pulp Fiction moment, Dave. You've just actually helped me there. You'll you. end up fucking Marcellus Wallace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, well, I got a free bottle of tequila. <laughs> I don't remember anything else, and I'm walking like John Wayne. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie, though. I thought I'd throw it in there, because it was just... I, I forgot. I'm not so I was like, what the fuck is that? Well, you you got to chance your arm sometimes, haven't you? I mean, you yeah. got a free trip to Australia that one time, didn't you? So, well, yes. you know, it comes off occasionally with these competitions and stuff. But, I mean, if someone just reached out as part of a targeted ad on Facebook, I think my fucking radar would be up straight away. <laughs> you better not fucking ring me and go, oh, did I not tell you I'm in Vegas, mate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was all real, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I think I think you best steering steering clear of that one. I do, yeah, I do. So anyway, Dave, where are we in the in the story? So oh, that's a go on, go on. Yeah, so I mean, they're running through this scam, aren't they? Yeah, and then John gets a bit of a taste for it, and again, I'm thinking, what is the relationship with this? I, I was thinking, is it an Ocean's Eight or an Ocean's Eleven sort of thing? There is an Ocean's 8, but this is hard 8. Um, 
we are fucking on fire today. Yeah, such a <laughs> <that one. laughs> fucking mistakes everywhere. Um, so yeah, I, I think what is his game? And then again, when Clementine comes into it, I'm thinking, what is going on here? What what is his relationship to her? And then you know he starts being really nice to her, doesn't he? And then he invites her like into the room, and then just just says almost nothing. You know, he's very cryptic, isn't he? This whole bloke. And, you know, he says, I'll go get a a robe and towels or something. And I'm thinking, well, maybe this isn't a sweet old man. Maybe he's just going to fucking nail her. And that's what she thinks. (laughs) Yes, he does. Yeah. She, she's right to think that because everything that leads up to it. And he's like, Oh, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) it's like, well, communicate you old fucker. So, again, I just thought that was really weird, the way it all played out. Yeah, and, and obviously she is a, a prostitute, isn't she? She's, you know, that, on the side as well as a waitress. So Reno's not far from Vegas as well. But I was the same. I was like, oh, this is taking a very sinister fucking turn. I know there's the thing years ago where a lot of, the, like, leading men would just get with girls, like, in the film, wouldn't they? But they'd be, like, in the 50s, and the girls would be, like, early 20s, and no one yeah. would say anything. But you flip that... A 50-year-old woman, and they'd be like, oh, that's fucking terrible. What's going on here? So, yeah, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Unless you're Stifler's mom, Dave, in the original. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so these scams going on all over. And I, I think what is interesting, these sort of scams still go now in Vegas. You know that, as you've just said, you've got the people, not, not necessarily sexual, but you've got so many scams going with different people, aren't you? Like the, the the CD scams are still going. You go New York, you go Vegas, there's a guy that I'm a rap artist. As soon as he puts that CD in your hand, you are fucked, basically. You've got to say <laughs> no, because they, they will not take no for an answer. And you've got to give them money, and then you get crowded, mm. and then these the ticker-tacker men, Dave, you know, like you'd be yeah, walking yeah. with stamps. And the ticker tacker men, they're not as bad as they used to be, but the ticker tacker men are there. You want strippers, you want hookers, and they've just stood on the corner and they're called ticker tacker because I'm doing it now in my hand, but they get the cards and they're just whacking the hand to make a noise. Well, they, and it- they can't say anything, can they? I think that's how they're getting your attention. They're like crickets. Yes. I, and that's that's changed over the years. It never used to be like that. And I noticed, like, uh, I think it was the, the last time, it was probably about 10 years ago, I'm sure it was about. 2012 I went and stayed in the Venetian and and I noticed it then they, they're doing this weird fucking thing with the the cards I'm doing it myself with my hands yeah, as well now. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it, it's weird isn't it because the scams everywhere so, so like the scam here is obviously like say John gets the taste for it well they basically have someone hostage don't they you know what I mean and, and it's yeah, yeah, it's a very. It goes very sinister because I think with John, we would say now, John's character now, you would say that he's on the spectrum, you know, like the, when you watch mm. him, right, he's manipulated, but he gets carried away. All right, you know that's how I saw it. But yeah, the whole scam thing took a bit of a sinister turn. It went really like, oh, he's gone from this protege getting money for his his mum's funeral to basically he's a fucking criminal now, isn't he? You know, any, anything goes. He's been like engrossed in this whole lifestyle Vegas sort of seedy fucking underworld. And I think you're right. I think it's shot really well. It's dark. It's gritty. It's dingy into everything's just like, it, they, they call it in the reviews, like a noir type, neo noir type thing. Mm. But it, you can feel it, can't you? I, I think they do a very good job with such a small cast and small set of making you feel like the world is alive that they're living in. It's this real struggle for everyone in the movie. Yeah. 
No, it, it is. It's a, it's a dark world, isn't it? And yeah. that whole hostage situation, I mean, it didn't he... Oh, I'm trying to think now. Did he hit her or did he not pay her? It, uh, no, he didn't. He didn't pay her. It was three hundred quid. One, three hundred dollars. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was. It was nothing, was it? I mean, it, it was something to her, but it's not to like keep someone hostage and beat the crap out of them, sort of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it kind of it just ends up in this situation, doesn't it? Because you know, Clementine, she's got a hard life. You know. She, Fucking! If she got paid enough for being a waitress, then she wouldn't do the the stuff on the side. But that's what she has to do to make ends meet. You know, she kind of likes uh, her creature comforts, doesn't she? She likes the car and everything, so she has all those expenses. So has to make the money. And then this dick, you know, decides he's, he's just not going to pay her. But then John, he, he's kind of easily led, isn't he? He's easily yeah. influenced, and so that's kind of how he gets pulled in there. And you're thinking, you know. It, I think Sydney, you know, at this point, I'm kind of like, well, is he like the wolf or is he just a really good gambler or is he a proper gangster? I can't really tell because he's not, he's really annoyed, you know, that they've got themselves into this situation. It's ridiculous. Why, why would you do this? But he's not like running around screaming, going, ah, what are you doing? You know what I mean? He's not shocked by it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that that's where there's just a little hint that you know he's he's been there, done it before. Yeah, and you're right because you, you know Jimmy, who's Samuel L. Jackson's character, he's very aggressive, isn't he? He's very aggressive, very loud. Mm. He's sure, he's a friend of John, and he's in. You can see he's involved. You know the, the scams and everything as well. It's all one thing, yeah. and, and and but Jimmy looks like he can follow through, and I think what what you've hit on there is very clever. You get that in movies, don't you? Or you get that, you get that in real life, Dave, the ones who are the loudest are not usually the ones who can follow through with these things. It's the ones mm. that are unassuming. And you're right, Sydney, there's no real plot thing with his character, but I think by the end of it, you're like, Oh, right. So Samuel L. Jackson comes off the back of obviously Pulp Fiction. This is when he was, he was really making a name for himself wasn't yeah. he, You know, as, as an actor. He wasn't just like a background guy. He, he was, he was coming into his own, like say, Pulp Fiction put his name on the map quite rightly. So Jimmy is just completely down on everything. And he, he's, he's led a different life to John. Um, yeah. And I think, I think it engulfs the whole personality thing of like the, the seediness of the movie, the vague, everyone's scamming, as we said before, everyone's up to something, everyone, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, it's good. And I think with Sydney, there's some things that happen with his body language when you're watching it that you can see, like you said, Dave, I think you're in a good thing now. And it's like, is he something else? Is there, mm. is there something there? Can he follow through with it? And so, yeah, so I, I think that, I think what was good was towards the end, I was like, I've seen, as I said before, and I can't work out why I didn't see it. I don't remember any of the rest of the film. I honestly don't. It's yeah. really, really interesting. I, I, that is weird. I, maybe it's just one of those, you know, you you kind of watched it half asleep, you know, rented it out from Blockbusters <laughs> or something. And, uh, they yeah. just, yeah, <laughs> sort of fell asleep and then woke up at the end. But I think Jimmy is pretty distasteful, isn't he? You can yeah. tell he's going to double cross uh, double cross them and you know that's kind of how it comes about and you know he's he's gonna throw them under the bus uh old john and clementine there and 
this is where it sort of takes a, a step. He's trying to frame Sydney, isn't he? Because turns out, you know, this is why, you know, right at the start, you're like, why is Sydney taking an interest in John? You know, he's just a, a bum down on his luck, you know, outside, you know, buy him a coffee or whatever, but you don't have to be his dad. But then you find out, well, Sydney actually killed John's dad. Yeah. And Jimmy's going to spill the beans and that unless he gets his money. And then you're like, oh, you twat, you know. <laughs> but then you're like, I, I kind of, I want to know more. I want to know more about this, you know, John's dad and what, you know, what actually happened there. You know, was it a, was it a mafia hit or was it, you know, crime of passion or, you know, so I, I, I did find myself just wanting to know more about the story. And I think that's a testament to when you're kind of invested in the characters then, you know, you, you want to know more than what's actually on the screen. And so I, th- I thought that was good. And I thought, you know, at that point, I'm like, fucking hell, how's, how's he going to get out of this? Because we haven't seen anything, you know, from Sydney other than the little clues that, you know, he, he might have been a bit of a badass back in the day. But all we've seen him, all we've seen of him is him do these sort of simple scams. And, and yeah, Chris, that ending, if you're going to remember anything, yeah. I thought it was fucking brilliant. I thought it yeah. was such a badass move. And then, you know, you get right to the end, don't you? And kind of like he's got his suit and you've got the little bit of blood on his uh, on his shirt cuff and he's just covering it up. And I thought, oh, that's so good because it, it's almost like the it's covering up the sins of the past, isn't it? It's, it's almost like, you know, him not letting it be known that he's killed John's dad. It's like you're hiding these dirty little secrets. And I, I, I thought it was really good. I really, really liked the ending. Yeah, and it's good you said that because I think I'm questioning Sydney's motives at the start, but it does bring it all in. There's a reason behind it. He wasn't just there to get a coffee at the start. You know, you question it. It's a bit of a fucking stretch. And, and yeah, I, I like the end of it because I think what... <laughs> I'm saying there was some stretches at the start, and obviously the Gwyneth Paltrow one is this the best fucking stretch I've ever seen. Like, there's no way he's, he's definitely he's his creative. He's the control. stretch Armstrong of stretches. Fucking telling you, uh, but but I think you're right, and I think when he he, he takes out Jimmy and all that sort of thing is it, for me. I went with it. I was like, oh, this is good because it almost want you want like a sort of like a prequel. Well, what happened to fucking? Mm. John's dad, like you said, like yeah, yeah. you could have a lot of mileage there. Were they gangsters? Were they, was it a gambling debt gone wrong? Were they partners? Was was him? Was John's dad and Sydney scammers? It leaves a lot of unanswered questions, but also in a good way. Not one of the movies where you come away from it going, "Oh, that's fucking shit," because it's just basically the movie stopped. But it, it leaves it in a way that makes you think. Because I did, I was thinking about this movie for quite a while afterwards, going, "I don't." I, you know, when you just sat there, sometimes a movie mm. will stick with you. So really, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah honestly, I, I think this is—it's a good movie. I do at the start. I'm questioning it, but again, as we're talking about it, Dave, you fucking sold me on this. And now we're talking about Vegas. <laughs> I'm, I'm in, but now I do. I think the ending's great. I, I, I think it was as I was saying before. I, I must have caught this by accident somewhere. And what's the end of it? Because I definitely remember the whole ending with Sydney and that. So, yeah, mm. I just think it's a really, really interesting movie. Really un. un likely movie that anybody would pick if you've not seen it i know i know that when we do that we mean you've we all have we all have movies where you oh god have you seen that one ago never even heard of it you know so we've gone across that in the vhs so yeah this was a great pick this one 
Yeah, and I will just, before we wrap up on this, I will say we did get Philip Seymour Hoffman in there, basically being <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman like a yeah. complete fucking dick. <laughs> and I thought he played a great role in there, you know, just being an absolute twat. But um, yeah, I thought his was a good role. But this this was directed, Chris, by Paul Thomas Anderson. So just the year before he did Boogie Nights. Interesting. So this is film. like you know, a little bit of a precursor. Now, I think Boogie Nights is probably a little bit better, but, I mean, I I think you can see a lot of the uh, kind of hallmarks in this one. Yeah, definitely, Dave. So, Dave, shall we get into our scores? Let's go. Well, Dave, you've done it again. You've sales pitched me on this. I'm going to elevate the score. <laughs> Interesting movie. I just love watching the different things about Vegas and, and you know, Reno and, and things like that. There's not a lot of the background stuff, but you see enough to get, oh, I can't believe I've never come across this. And it's never mentioned in any on the Vegas forums and stuff that I go on because your people are going away and they'll say, what films are you watching? And everyone's like, Ocean's Eleven, you know, there's the Louis Ferru documentary of the BBC and there's loads mm. of things. But this one, I've never seen anybody ever mention this one. So, no, I, I actually enjoyed it. And I, I, I think now that we're talking about it, the ending's cracking. A great ending. The setting's good. It's dingy. Everyone's hustling. Everyone's up to something. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to put it in the middle, Dave. I'm going to put it in Hill Valley. So, a great pick as well from Justin. But, yeah, right in the middle. So, what about yourself, Dave? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I, I will watch this one again. I do think, you know, if I step back objectively, is it, you know, in the top half of movies that I've ever seen? Well, you know, probably not. But I, it's definitely got some rewatchability. And I think if I watched it for a second and maybe even third time, I'd pick up on a lot of the other things that were going on. You know, just we just watch these films to enjoy them, you know, and, and uh, I definitely did that. And so the fact that it does stick with you, you know, you're thinking about it afterwards, not, not just because we have to podcast about it, but like just yeah. genuinely, you know, you, you're thinking about some of the things that have happened, what, what's going on with the characters and whatever. I think that does speak well to it. And it does have that very close kind of indie film feeling, doesn't it? You know, very small cast, not much going on, uh, and you know you've always got to love a little bit of Vegas. But um, I'm going to put it in Hill Valley as well, right at the top of Hill Valley, just not quite at a Pleasantville for me. But uh, yeah, still a, a great pick, and really, really glad we watched this one. Yeah, it's a belter, a good film. Now, Dave, we say we've we've just done a good movie, which we have. It's oh, my pick. No. <laughs> it is my pick, my friend. Now, we've had a few duffers this year. I've stitched myself up. I'm not going to do that this time. I'm not. I'm, I'm generally not. Now, I've had a list. I thought, I'm going to get organised for once. I'm never organised on these things. It's literally winging. <laughs> I've got a list of movies. So every time I think of something, right, right, write them down, write them down. And I've agonised and agonised over what we're going to do for next week, Dave, because... I want to do something that we've, we've definitely both watched, but like, is it still a classic? Is it fucking terrible? So Dave, I'm going to pick a movie that you've never seen before. I'm certain of this. It stars Bill Paxton, Dave, Liam Neeson, and my absolute doppelganger, 
Mr. Patrick Swayze, Dave. It is Next of Kin. Love you. You believe in hereafter. <laughs> and you know what I'm here after. <laughs> Patrick Swayze is Detective Truman Gates. He's a country boy. We are gonna find Gerald's killer. But he's got some unfinished business in the city. Howdy. I want the man who pulled the trigger. I don't like this, Joy. The family killed his brother. A life for a life. Amen. Amen. But they never counted on his next of kin. If you mess with my brother, you mess with me. Settle this. Now. Anywhere we want! When these boys head for the city, someone better head for the hills. We ain't seen bad yet, but it's coming. Next of kin. massive thank you to everyone as always guys if you want to email us the vhs strikes back at gmail.com if you want to follow us on social media at vhs strikes back if you do want to support us a little bit more please go over to patreon.com forward slash the vhs strikes back so today's roll call of honor is mr tony farina john hammond blake maths jack herb lucky lulu green kent heath matt paul timothy susan justin dan Trent, Stephen, Dylan, and our newest patron, Helen. So thank you so much, Helen, for supporting us. And thanks to everyone who supports the show. We really, really appreciate it. And there's been some amazing Patreon picks, Dave. It's like you said at the top of the show, there's no way we would even consider watching this or even come across it. So I do appreciate when we get some crackers. Big boy Bubby, not so fucking much, Dave. But there you go. Oh, necromantic. But, you know, everything else we do appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of movies we'd never have watched. <laughs> Or never fucking admitted we'd watch, Dave. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But Chris, before we wrap up for the day, I do have a review for you. I hinted at this a little bit before. And I did put the call out, to be fair, for people to write in and give us a bit of a slating. Now, I don't know if this is a response to that call or just a coincidence. But this one is a two-star review, Chris. It comes in and it says, not sure. I recently found this podcast and was pleased as a UK resident, it was good to hear something from the UK. But the critical analysis of some of the films is ridiculous. <laughs> quote, fucking rubbish, unquote, <laughs> a popular term to define some films. You can come out with better terminology than this, I am sure. Now, <laughs> Chris... I think we know. I mean, I, I'm not much better, but I think we know who the fucking rubbish <laughs> thing is. But I, I do. It does make me wonder because I'm like, at what point do we say we do critical analysis? Fucking I, I'm just like <laughs> a little bit perplexed. Should we, should we add a little bit to the intro and just say, by the way? We mostly tear these films apart, and it's mostly about us just chatting as mates. That is it. <laughs> That's this it, is yeah. not fucking commode on on the podcast form. You know, 
I, I don't know. What do you reckon? We're not the podcast for you then, Dave. <laughs> <If someone> yeah. <laughs> and I know full well that's going to be within... If someone's listening to the podcast, that's probably me saying that on Big Boy fucking Bobby or Necromantic or something. I know that I would have said I that. Know. I think away. it's a bigger list, to be fair. Probably. probably. <laughs> After the trailer, and you go, what, what do you think of this? And I go, fucking rubbish. So, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't go to fucking film school. I'm just a, a simple working class fucking lad from Old Trafford Day. That's all I can say. And I, and I speak as I find, and that's the best you're going to get, unfortunately. So, sorry it isn't for you, but... It is what it is. So thank you anyway for listening. I'm guessing he's not hearing this right now, but um, <laughs> anyone else who is, <laughs> feel free. Positive or negative, we do love a five-star review. If you can drop that on Apple Podcasts or if you just rate, I mean, Spotify just has the rate button. We do love those five-star reviews. It helps us to get out there to other people's ears. But if you think we're shit, you know, drop us a review as well. Tell us why, because we kind of love them as well. You know, we do, we do get a good bit of enjoyment. And to be honest, I'm thinking T-shirt, Chris. Yeah, fucking rubbish. <laughs> fucking rubbish. <laughs> the best ever review. We've said it on here before. It's not on this podcast. It's the reality podcast because we do reality TV shows. And obviously, it's, most of our listeners on that show our ladies, and someone sent a fucking review in and went, they don't have a fucking clue about women, and we got a one star <laughs> out of five, and we wear that with a badge of honour, because I remember you saying, and you're fucking right, we don't understand women, so it's the greatest review we've ever had, Dave. I, I think I might have said, I think that's my ex-wife. Yeah, I think you did, I was being nice, and I was trying to be kind, but yeah. No, no. <laughs> Both would be right. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you very much, sir. That has been a lot of fun today. And what are you going to take us out with? Well, Dave, I've been ready for this because there's not much dialogue usually that, that actually works. And I've got to say as well, the great, nothing to do with this podcast, but the great Lauren Avedon and Kiefer Tarley are doing the How are they going? I don't know. They're doing the Sidekicks podcast, Dave, an episode. It's Kiefer Tarley's podcast. We're now friends on Facebook. I've, you know, sent him a few messages. He responded to me, didn't he? He did to you as well. You've got that proper response, unlike me, but I got a little like and stuff. I hope he never listens. No, no. Well, (laughs) hey, hey, it was you who said it, Dave, not me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm fine. I'll I'll go on with him and Lauren. I'm pretty sure. I could dig out plenty. Don't don't do that, Dave. Don't do that. Um, But anyway, I've thrown it in there because it's a line. I'm mentioning them too. It's a great podcast on YouTube and stuff. Because John actually says, Dave, which could have come straight out of the Alexander Brothers fucking mouths, Dave. And he simply says, I'll fuck you up. If you fuck with me, okay. I know three kinds of karate, jiu-jitsu, aikido, and regular karate. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Goodbye. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. You are. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ah. It's a ah.
so bad. Ain't so bad. Crazy so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid fool. Yeah, maybe you're stupid. You're crazy. Ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I see you in six hours. I must break you.